Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You listen to Room 104, you can subscribe, download the podcast, listen to the show wherever you are, whenever you want on iTunes, Spotify, the usual places. Just search for Room 104 in whatever place you get your podcast from. Happy days. Now it is time for My Worst Gig, where you get to hear from some of the best Irish comedians tell you about their worst experiences and most horrific experiences on stage. It's therapeutic, it's re-traumatising, but it is a bit of crack. The next gentleman joining me on the line won the Forbidden Fruit Comedy Competition. He has been in the final of the Shortle Student Comedy Awards. That is like one of the toughest competitions in, in Europe to get into. And he was a finalist in the Irish Comedian of the Year. Hilariously funny, fantastic comedian. Mr. Stephen Ryan joins on the line. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you, Cormac? Good. Thanks for coming on doing this. It always starts off a bit of crack and then we delve into the worst moments of your life on stage. Um, sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry. Well, there's been enough of them anyway. <laughs> yeah, come here. Before we talk about that, how long are you doing stand-up now? I'm doing stand-up. I did my very first gig in November of 2011. So what's that? Eight, eight years? Almost eight years now. And where well, was it, can you remember? did it in, uh, was in a bar in the University of Limerick. I'd, I joined the, they had a comedy society that right. was just after starting. And I, I joined that and I went and this was the first gig that they ran. And I was performing alongside Johnny Graham, um, who was just after having a viral video at the time whereby... It was called Man Flu. I remember that one, yeah, the big serious condition, like a little RT documentary kind of thing. That was it, yeah, yeah. So I was delighted to uh, be gigging with him at the time. But that was my very first gig, and then there were few and far between after that for the first year or so. How did the, how did the first one go? Like, my <laughs> expectations of myself were so low, I just didn't want to pee my pants on stage. That was about the size of it. Um, so I got up, I did it, I remember very little of it. A lot of it was kind of hacking off um, what I was doing. I remember it was at the time Michael D was running for president yeah. for the first time. I remember I had a little bit about that in it. And yeah, it was just, it was a bit cringe, to be honest with you. But they were all really supportive. Uh, so it wasn't like, it wasn't terrible. It was a really supportive kind of an atmosphere. It was a safe space. Um, yeah, so it was, it was okay. 
But, uh, God, I cringe just thinking back <laughs> just, just for myself, you know. Yeah, so that was obviously, what, eight, eight years ago. And years um, ago, in, yeah. in that time, obviously, you said you've, you've won a lot of competitions, you've done a lot of uh, festivals and, and really big gigs and impressive gigs. But over that time, th- there's always going to be a couple of dreadful gigs in there just to kind of test your steel or whatever. So tell us about one or two of the worst ones you've ever had to su- suffer through. There, well, one, I was kind of, I was ruminating about this, uh, what were my worst gigs. And again, it's mostly the ones that I cringe for myself are the worst ones. Like there was one time where I had this, uh, I had this thing that I thought was quite amusing in my head. It wasn't really that funny. It was whereby when I get up on stage, if an audience wasn't paying, you know, the full audience wasn't paying enough attention to me, I'd arrogantly just kick the mic stand the side so it was just you know make a big big noise people who were already watching me they'd look at me and go oh, that's kind of a bit obnoxious and then people who weren't uh, watching me would just look at me because they heard the big noise so I'd get everyone's attention and and then I'd power through my stuff but I was uh, doing a gig out and I won't say where it was on but let's just say they had the largest matchmaking festival in Europe there um, <laughs> yeah I'll say nothing <laughs> Nobody will get where that was. Um, and I was doing a gig out and I was on stage and again, half the room just, they weren't clued in to, to me when I just took the stage first yeah. and, and half the room were. So I decided I'd, I'd do this thing. It had worked lovely in Dolan's. Um, I kicked the, the mic, the mic fell, people laughed. It was good. And I did it out in this tune, Varna. Well, there I said it. Anyway, <laughs> Kicked the mic, uh, kicked the mic stand. Mic stand fell over. Somebody from the front row went, "Oh, sorry, you dropped the mic stand." Got up and picked it up and placed it next to me. Oh no! And I just the cringe of having my bit fall so flat on its face. I could just feel the the sympathy coming off the audience. And there's nothing worse. You don't mind an audience hating you. Don't you? You like an audience to love you. But you hate an audience to feel sorry for you. Now, when, how old was the person who, who picked up the mic stand for you? Worst thing was, the person who picked up the mic stand was also running the gig. So it just, <laughs> everything about it was just awful. Like, I've done, I've gotten on stage with my fly down. Oh, nice. And that was worse. It was worse to have them feel sorry for you and pick up the microphone stand. But, but you know when you kicked it over, I suppose, you were expecting what to happen for everyone to kind of go, ooh, and then obviously you get their attention then that way, but obviously did nothing happen and, so, and your man obviously just walked up and was like, sorry, pal, yeah, you forgot yeah, this. That's exactly what happened. It just, it fell off the stage and I just stood there waiting for the audience to key in. But instead of just keying in, they kind of picked up the microphone stand and said, you okay? I was like, oh no. How many just, people were there at that gig? Uh, it was about 60, I'd say. And it was just, oh, uh, no. what a terrible way to start a gig. Um, <laughs> and then you've got to kind of claw it back because they were so supportive. Even if they weren't supportive, you'd be like, oh, you know, whatever. They were all so supportive, which just made us, m- made my obnoxious kicking the microphone <laughs> stand over 
just seem all the worse. Yeah, I had I did a gig before where not a microphone fell over, but there was a, a gentleman who was more, I think he was like a patron of, of the the arts or the theatre, if you know what I mean. I was doing a gig in a theatre. I don't think he knew what he was coming to. It was just, oh, well, there was a show on a Friday night. And I was like, grand job. But he was literally, I'd say he was about 100 years of age because he was brought in by, I think it was his daughter. And when I say brought in, he'd hunched back. He, he couldn't stand up straight because he was so old. And he had a walking stick with him. And he was walking in and he sat in the very, very front row of the show. And the, the stage and the seats were on the same level. There wasn't a raised platform or anything. So it was a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, and he was holding his walking stick up for the whole gig. And then he fell asleep during the middle of the gig and he dropped his walking stick. But the ground was so echoey and so loud that the walking stick just smashed down in the middle of the gig and it just completely ruined everything. It was just kind of like, uh, what was that? And I kind of, for a moment, I thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. But um, yeah, things like that can, uh, can throw you. It can throw you. I was heckled. I remember this. I wasn't going very long at the time. I was yeah. heckled. And I normally don't, don't, uh, get heckled I think my style doesn't really lend itself to hecklers but I got heckled by a Yugoslavian chap with the cleft palate and between the thick accent and the speech impediment I had just no idea what was what he was shouting up at me so I was standing there and like you don't want to be the one to put down the, the chap when like nobody could understand what he was saying Yeah, and you couldn't you couldn't be smart because you just hadn't a clue I was just standing there. You just have to take that one. Yeah, just trying to kind of like smile back at him and and hope he stops soon. But hecklers, I don't get very many of them, but that one kind of stood out in my mind. Another time I had a heckler in Limerick and um, there was a gig in Chaplin's Barn. It was really rowdy. It was for, I think it was for a rag week or something. Oh, lovely. But the thing was, I wasn't going very long. Again, so I didn't really have a plan for dealing with hecklers. I didn't know what you know, how to interact with them or what to do yeah. or what to say. So I didn't really want to throw off my, because like what I was saying was very scripted. I didn't want to throw off my rhythm because yeah. if I got off my rhythm, God only knows what I would, where I would go. I wouldn't have had uh, any clue as to what I was going to say next. So uh, this fella kept shouting up things and they were all questions. What I, I kind of decided to do, because again, I didn't want to throw myself off, was I would keep talking. And then when the natural break would come in my set, I would stop the gig, deal with uh, any heckles that had come up in the last five minutes, and then proceed again with my with my material. So it was, it was sort of like, when I think back on it, because I wasn't able to break, uh, break my material down, it was just basically me every now and again having sort of a, an interim Q&A. That, that's what I, the first thing that popped into my mind, it was like, you're doing a, a PowerPoint presentation, we're like, guys, we just keep all the heckles till the end, and then um, once I wrap up now, you can get them out then, if that's okay. That was pretty much the style, but it was, um, but it's, I'd be able to do it now, but it's all a kind of a learning curve. I would never have been able to, to, to just deal with it back then. But yeah, it was kind of, there was something amusing in in, in it though, that, uh, that it was just so stilted, the entire heckling process, because uh, I couldn't break from what I was doing. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Especially your style. Like, If you haven't seen uh, Stephen doing his stand-up, very, very incredibly funny, but a lot of it's paced and you know dry and there's a certain tempo to it that has to give the impact. So I, I can't... If you veer off that, you lose you lose everything, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could probably do... I could do... Well, I could do it now because I just... I'm, I'm far more used to it. Yeah. When I started, there was not a chance. Um, but... It, that would have been, but yeah, heckling is something I kind of. I'm fortunate. I don't. I don't have very much. Um, 
because I'm crap at it as well. <laughs> I'm just not, not you know, like five minutes later, I might be able to have a witty retort, but <laughs> not in the moment. You're going to work on a couple of drafts and then it's like, I'll get back to you. Uh, Give me a few days, turn around, I'll get back to you. I did have a fella in the audience once, I had a bit about Sellafield that I, I do, where I I bring up the, the power the power plant in mm. Sellafield. And an audience member go, woo! Because um, he <laughs> apparently come from Sellafield and he told me that uh, yeah he suffers all the ailments as well because oh. he lives so close to the, to oh. the power plant and in one of my proudest heckles uh, answers I said oh that's a bit too close to the bone and in your case those bones are probably very brittle <laughs> <laughs> now how did he take that now because he might have turned around I was, like... he was in good spirits about it but in fairness he did go woo that he lived right next to a power plant so yeah he was inviting that one on himself in fairness to him. he was inviting that one on his, himself but yeah I don't I'm fortunate I don't get too many of them because that was that was a once off whereby I actually had a decent response so um, apart from some of the random I said the random scheduled heckles that you've been dealing with over the last while and uh, the returning of your mic stand from very competent organisers who I'm sure are, are lovely but just didn't get what you were trying to do Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Has there been other kind of uh, near deaths? that you've experienced? There hasn't been any any in a long time. I was kind of ruminating over a few of them. There was one uh, literary night I did. Now, literary nights are just... They're not comedy nights. They're not comedy nights. Actually, just put another one in my head, actually. One. Um, but the, there was a literary night I did inside in, in Limerick as well, and I was on with the poet. I remember getting up on stage, and I was like, okay, here we go, we'll do my thing, uh, get a few laughs, and then they can get back to their literary stuff after I'm done yeah. and not a grin out of the audience except from one person um, so I had one person in the audience I was like okay you're with me yeah. we can, <laughs> I can work with you yeah. um, while everyone else was sitting with their hands folded you know like just if it had been a poetry night they'd have been clicking their fingers it was just they were there to hear what was being said and not not react or engage at all yeah and at one point, the per- one person I had in the audience uh, that was laughing, somebody turned around and shushed him. Oh, no! 
it was just, it was just, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> so you're there going, I finally got some laughs, happy days, and sorry, keep it down. Yeah, your man, it's, it's, honestly, turned around, put his finger to his mouth oh, and shushed wow. him. The other one I was thinking of then was, um, I do, I did, and I sometimes do, a gig called The Dirty Circles. It's uh, burlesque. Um, All right. I'd be well into that kind of thing. It's uh, <laughs> a burlesque night, and uh, we went down, I don't know, who thought it would be a good idea? But we went down to a tiny village in Kerry to hold this burlesque night. Wow. Um, and it was on in the main room of a pub. So it wasn't even like you were in a back room whereby people yeah. would pay. So you had all these owlets who were at the bar, who were just <laughs> sitting at the bar. And next thing, uh, next thing everyone arrives in, um, and they put up a, a stripper pole. Oh. Uh, in in the bar. They even had to cut the top off because the bar was too low, the ceiling of the bar. So listen, they lob in the stripper pole into uh, into the pub below in Kerry. And whatever about me, you know, you can. I'm just standing there, I'm talking, doing my thing. Yeah. But uh, the girl who was doing the pole dancing, when she got up, uh, I, I remember looking out at the audience and there were very few of them. There were just a lot of old lads and a good few of them had their hands over their eyes uh, and looking the other direction. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just um, probably the most bizarre gig. Like, I wouldn't say it was a bad one. It was just... It's a random it was, one, all right, yeah? It was just so bizarre that so happened. How, how, were you the only, let's say, comic on or were you hosting or just organising it or what, what was the crack? Was it just burlesque I, for the I, entire evening? I was just, I was the only comic so there was a, oh, it was a, a burlesque dancer, a pole dancer, a, kind, a singer and myself. And they thought the back arts of nowhere in Kerry is going to be a gold mine for that. Oh uh, yeah, it was just, it was <laughs> such a bizarre, uh, such a bizarre gig. I can't believe it. I can just see it now. Our lads with paddy caps sit at the bar drinking a Guinness and then just being morally offended by the, 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 <laughs> the, the pub turns into a strip club. Can you imagine? But like, there's a part of me that was wondering because um, once we got into the second second half of the show, yeah. uh, people started to kind of go, okay, well, this is still going on so we might watch for a bit. But in the first half, it was just that they hadn't settled down yet and they were just so... I know where they embarrassed or was it they couldn't be seen to be enjoying us, I think. Oh, right. Yeah, God. Where did they get around the local village now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never shake that name. Pat the pervert, there you have another one. <laughs> but other gigs then. There's one, again, a lot of the gigs, I'm not the, don't seem to be the brunt of in these stories. Oh, I guess I black out an awful lot of my, uh, <laughs> yeah. my negative experiences. But um, sometimes with the bad gig, like you like a little bit of shed and fraud. You like dwell on other people's misery a small bit. Just but I did a gig. Uh, I, I live in Killaloo in County Clare, and I did a gig, and it was right across the bridge from me. I could walk across. Grand, a couple of other comedians came up from Cork to do the gig. Now I was going to be on last in the show, so so I just I wandered downstairs. Uh, the gig had kicked off. I wandered downstairs and uh, got myself a drink and came back up and the first act was just after finishing and he had absolutely cleared the entire room. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, just no. him 
when I sat back, like there was about, I'd say, a dozen people in the room when I went downstairs to get my drink. When I got back, it was just him on stage, <laughs> the microphone, and, oh, no. and the other comedians just sitting there discussing what had gone wrong. <laughs> what did, did, what did he, how did he do it? I mean, it's nearly impressive that he was able to do that. I think, it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't entirely his fault in that I think the audience just didn't know what they were expecting. They kind of were hustled in off the street and... Right. Yeah, it came in. So it wasn't entirely his fault, but he certainly didn't help matters. But the fact that he'd travelled. <laughs> there might be a new line of work for him and other comedians who can do that for like closing hours in pubs. Is that when you're trying to get rid of everyone? Give that man a microphone and put him on stage there. We'll have this place empty in two minutes and we can all go home. What I loved, though, was, uh, I mean, even though it wasn't his fault. Like he was definitely getting the blame on me in the car on the way home. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> you really like for this man. It wasn't even like, you know, they were traveling 20 minutes in the road to do the gig. They, they had a good hour and a half and yeah. heading back down to Cork. Oh, God. He, and did anyone come back in for the rest of the gig then or was it dead for the night then? Oh, well, the gig had just broken down. By the time I got back up, uh, they were just kind of discussing what had gone wrong. <laughs> there were zero uh, people now here. We're all screwed. Like I did, it, it didn't bother me because I would, was able to just walk across, go home again. But yeah. I took so much enjoyment out of misery. <laughs> oh, God, amazing. Well, listen, moving on from some of the worst ones you've done, over the last eight years, for you, what has been your favourite gig that you've done so far? Mm, the favourite gig I have done has definitely been, I did the Latitude Festival in Suffolk. Oh, cool. was fantastic. It was, uh, I think, Kevin Bridges headlined the night that I was on. Oh, amazing. And it was just, it was outstanding. Some of the, like some of the acts that were on Alan Davies, you know, people. I, and I wasn't, well, I was at, I was at it about three years, I'd say, when I, I I got the gig. It just seemed so mental because I still had that, you know, I'm only chance in my arm kind of an attitude <laughs> to the thing. And then to be lobbed in, I felt like a, a complete imposter to be. Oh, God, yeah. What uh, am I doing on? Was that obviously a big uh, festival, a big tent kind of set up, same as like some like EP or whatever? Oh, yeah, it was, it was I think somebody mentioned there was a couple of thousand in the thing and there was like five uh, there was the stage but there was two big kind of cinema screens on either side of the stage so the people outside the tent could see it was just it was fantastic it was bizarre to to be there um, doing that so that definitely was the standout one for me because like I thought oh I've made it I'm here now and then you go back and you go to do a room and kill Lou and some guy from Cork's after stinking the thing out. <laughs> and you're like, come on. <laughs> Reality has <laughs> gone. It's a, it's a fairly quick ride back uh, down across here. But listen, um, before I let you go, I know you were up in the International Comedy Club a week or two ago, um, but when are you, any gigs coming up around Dublin that you're doing? I have, well? I have uh, two gigs coming up. On the 17th of October, I'm doing Crack Den, which is a new comedy club in the Mercantile um, Hotel. Um, and it's run by Eddie Malarkey and Conor Walsh. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's a lovely room. And then on the 8th of November, they're doing uh, a Limerick night in Comedy Gold, oh. which is in Temple Bar. Um, and that should be really good. I think there will be John Spillane and uh, Brian Gallagher will be performing on the night as well, both Limerick heads myself and I'm, I don't know who else is from Limerick uh, uh, not sure John O'Keefe I think is from Limerick 
and I think he might be on as well. So it'll be a really good night anyway. Perfect. Those are my two gigs coming up in Dublin. Lovely, lovely. Um, and what are your social media media handles there? Stephen Ryan J. And then I have some awful other handles that I've never got a, a real handle on myself, like with lots of numbers at the end and stuff. <laughs> Stephen Y2K Ryan, 2018. If you if you put in uh, if you put in Stephen Ryan and you just look for somebody looking self-important, <laughs> that'll be me. <laughs> Lovely. Well, listen, Stephen Ryan, um, thanks a million for popping on My Worst Gig this evening. Best luck with those two gigs coming up in Dublin in the next couple of weeks and months or whatever. And uh, we'll chat you again soon. Thanks for popping on. Excellent. Thanks a million for having me on, Cormac. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.